Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Mark Mascola. I'm going to welcome you to Powerless to Powerful. This is the number one positive side of addiction podcast for men. This is Powerless to Powerful Live. This is our Thursday night edition where we uh, we do this we do this call live. It is, uh, what is today? Um, Thursday, September the 2nd, 2021. And uh, I want to say welcome to uh, everybody that is listening, uh, that has joined us live. You're listening to a recorded version. I want to say welcome to you as well. I want to say hello to all of our guests on the live call. If you have connected with one of the men in our mastermind, one of the men in our brotherhood, and they have given you an invitation to join us live. What we do here on the live call is uh, I'll have a topic and I'll talk about it. And uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the call, we will uh, we'll click off the recording and have a Q and A question and answer comment session on the uh, on the topic. So, if you want more information about joining the Powerless to Powerful 2.0 Mastermind, go to www.powerlesstopowerful.com. You can find out more about uh, about what we do, why we do it, how we do it. I mean, my, my goal here is the same thing with the with the Mastermind group. It's it's about helping raise the percentages of men who realize the rewards of long-term recovery. Um fortunate I have uh, uh I'm grateful. Uh, my recovery birthday's uh, July 29th, 1999. I just celebrated 22 years and really grateful that the woman in my life uh just celebrated 21 years yesterday and we've been together 20 years so I want to say a big I love you and uh congratulations to to my girl Ashley. She's just awesome. She's uh a lot does a lot of things behind the scenes here at Powerless to Powerful. Uh, does a lot of stuff for women, families in recovery, and uh, is uh, is kind of the business mind behind a lot of the stuff that we do with a lot of our courses and a lot of the, a lot of our coaching programs. So, love you, babe. Congratulations. Uh, grateful God joined our two broken roads. We uh, been quite a journey from here, and uh, we'll be continuing so um again this is powerless to powerful live you are if you're listening again listening to the the podcast edition on one of the podcast networks you can uh you can find out more about how you can uh join join us on on the live call we'd love to have you uh just go to www.powerlesstopowerful.com you get more information about everything that we do so again uh my goal here um Raise the awareness of men who realize the rewards of long-term recovery from addiction. And uh, I'll begin here with just a couple of disclaimers that I always have. First one, um, don't take anything that I talk about as medical advice. Although I am a certified health coach and expert in uh, positive psychology, um, I have made it a, uh, a practice and a study for the last couple of decades to understand um how the mind works, how the body works, the, the, the psychology of success and human performance. Um, I'm not a doctor. Don't want to be, don't claim to be. So don't don't take any of this as medical advice. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you've joined us here, my goal here is to raise your awareness to a different possibility than you may have been settling for. And I may some, say something that offends you, but stick around. You know, you, you can get over that and, and don't have a closed mind. You know, that's the most expensive thing that you can have. Stick around. We've uh, um, I, I, I learn a lot 
Um, I learned a lot by sticking around when I wanted to turn things off. So that all being said, today, tonight's topic, got a pretty good topic for tonight. And, uh, and actually, I'm going to post, um, this is, this is the, the foundation of an ebook that, that's going to be out here in probably the next week to 10 days. Um, the, uh, the topic tonight is, is called the 25 questions every man should ask himself about his recovery. And then I'm going to comment on each of the 25 questions and, and give you a little bit of my opinion of, of uh, why they're important. And, and let me tell you, I mean, I, 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 when I put this together, I stopped at 25. I mean, Ashley and I were talking 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, when she asked me what the call was about, what the, the, uh, the platform call was about tonight. And I, and I told her, and I said, you know, you and I could sit here and come up with 50 more in the next half an hour. But I over, you know, having done this for a couple of decades, been, you know, successful in my recovery for over 22 years now and, and having, um, led groups and, and workshops and all that kind of stuff for a couple of decades. And, and, you know, this is, I, I know what I'm going to talk about tonight is really important. This is important stuff. So I, I'm not, <clears throat> my second sponsor who, uh, you know, he, he, when I asked him to be my sponsor, he said, you know, the answer to every question that you have is somewhere inside of you. And, and, and I realized that, and that, that's kind of that whole, thing that you hear me talk about when, when we talk about the third step. Uh, and this is one of the things that, that the guys who go through uh, our power 12, our power 12 program, when we get to that third step, I help them realize, you know, the, the third step in alcoholics and narcotics anonymous talks about turning my will and my life over to the care of the God of my understanding. I, I help men realize that there is the God of your understanding. And then there is the, the God that is beyond your understanding. If if you could understand God, you would be God. Uh, you are not. I am not. And so there there is a side of this that you're just not you're just not ever going to understand when it comes to God. Kind of connecting the dots and connecting the people, and that's part of what we're going to talk about tonight. So twenty five questions every man should ask himself about his recovery. Here we go. Number one. Have I really made a decision about my recovery? Have I really made a decision about my recovery? So l let me tell you what, what, that, what that question means. The word decision means to cut off all other options. So question number one, have I really cut off all other options as it relates to my recovery? Think about the think about uh, think about that 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 question for a minute. And think about its answer. Every man who struggles with his recovery struggles for one reason. He hasn't made a decision because decision. The word decision, having cut off all other options, decision is the driver of beliefs. It's the foundation of your beliefs. And I'm going to talk about those in, in just a second. Belief, you know, the definition of, of belief is the an acceptance that something exists or is true. Your decision about your recovery will be the driving force behind what you believe 
is your truth, whether you'll be successful in your recovery or whether you'll be like the 90% of the men who struggle. Because let's just call it what it is. I mean, this is one of the things when, when I talk about my disclaimers here, one of the things that, that I say all the time, and I want you to understand, when you listen to me, I don't sugarcoat things, right? I, I didn't – this is a – I look at this as life or death. We don't have time to play games with addiction. <clears throat> Men die every single day who don't take this as serious as it is. So ask yourself the question, have I really made a decision about my recovery? Have I really cut off all other options? Question number two, do I understand that God is waiting for me to make a decision? And I know you gotta, you got to have question one to have question two, let me, I'm going to read you a quote here real quick. And if you, if you have tuned into this uh, before, you've heard this quote before, it's absolutely one of my absolutely all-time favorites. And, and when you listen to the wording in here, you'll understand why. And it really is the path to successful recovery and success in everything else as well. So here is the quote, William Hutchison Murray. He um, he said this back in the 1800s. Okay, so you ready? Here we go. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back <clears throat> always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. And this, this here's where it gets good. That the moment one commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would come his way. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. So let me go back and pick this apart. When, when I'm talking about God, number one, have you made a decision? Number two, when you look at question number two, do you realize that God is waiting for you to make that decision? That the moment one commits oneself, so what does that say? The moment one makes a decision. In, in the quote, Murray uses the word providence. Just, just fill in God, because providence and God are the same thing. The moment one makes a decision, then God moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would not have otherwise occurred. A whole stream of events, issues from the decision, bringing apart meetings and material assistance. I mean, that's just awesome stuff. I'll post this in the for you guys who are part of uh, part of the men's mastermind. I'll put that. Uh, I know you guys get that. You guys who have been through several of the programs, uh, you get that quote. I'm going to put it up so uh, 
everybody can read it again. So <clears throat> question number one, have I really made a decision? Number two, do I understand God is waiting for me to make that decision? Question number three, am I willing to go to any lengths to protect my clean and sober day? Am I willing to go to any lengths to protect my clean and sober day? Three and four, questions three and four kind of go together. They're all about personal responsibility, taking ownership of. Am I willing to go to any lengths to protect my clean and sober day? Or do you just make that a revolving day? No, I relapsed again. I'll, I'll kick the date down the road. I'll kick the date down the road. Now, I, I had a couple of cancer surgeries. I, I had and went through chemo and radiation as a cancer survivor. Man, I went to I, I, w- I went to any lengths to protect my clean and sober date. Had people in my family die. You know, my my clean and sober date hadn't moved. Because I'm not clean and sober when it's convenient, when it's easy. I'm clean and sober because my addiction was going to kill me. That's why when I went to treatment and my counselor asked me if I was willing to go to any lengths, and I said yes, what does going to any lengths mean to you in your recovery? Question number four. Do I take personal responsibility for my results, be they positive or negative? Or am I looking to blame somebody else? My sponsor didn't answer the phone. Somebody at the meeting made me mad. My wife doesn't trust me. Let me tell you something. The buck stops with you. Do I take personal responsibility for my results? Success in your recovery is because of you, and failure in your recovery is because of you. Again, I don't sugarcoat things. So there's three and four. Number five, do I understand what I am powerless over? That's number five. I'll say it, if you follow this, you'll hear me say all the time, it's not in my nature to be powerless. I'm willing to say the one thing that most men in recovery want to say but won't because I understand what I am powerless over. Question number six, I understand what I am not powerless over. Five is do I understand what I'm powerless over. Six is do I understand what I'm not powerless over. That first step says powerless over my addiction. Does not say powerless over my life. This is where I'll throw in the eight key areas every man must master. That first step says powerless over my addiction. Doesn't say, and I'll here, here they are. Doesn't say powerless over my personal growth. Doesn't say powerless over my relationships. There's two. Doesn't say powerless over my finances. There's three. Doesn't say powerless over my physical wellness, there's four. Doesn't say powerless over my mental clarity, there's five. Nutrition, doesn't say powerless over my nutrition, there's six. Doesn't say powerless over my recreation, doing more things in life that make it fun, there's seven. Doesn't say that I'm powerless over my spiritual connection and life's purpose, there's number eight. So five and six. Do I understand what I'm powerless over? Six is, do I understand what I am not powerless over? Powerless over what other people do. You're not powerless over your response to what they do. 
Number seven, and you can scroll back through here. Um, you can look back through a couple of editions. I, I did a did a podcast. I, I did one of the editions, the affirmation of the three selves, where I explained the um, the whole game of of learning to uh, affirm your self worth as I am, your self confidence as I can, your self image as I become. Question number seven: Do I mislabel my self image as my self worth? Most most men will, who are in addiction will say they that, that they're worthless. I have no self worth. That's not your worth. Your worth was given to you at birth by God. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. You were born worthy. His choice, not yours. It's up to you to accept it. If you feel bad about your actions in addiction and your actions that you don't change in your recovery, that is because of a poor self-image. You feel bad about who you are because you are not you are not living in the image and likeness of the one that created you, who brought you into this world. <clears throat> there is your self-worth. You have to accept it. So seven is... Do I mislabel my self-image as my self-worth? And again, uh, I don't want, I could talk for hours on this topic. Um, You can go back and listen to the edition called The Affirmation of the Three Selves, or you can can get your hands on the Powerless to Powerful Field Manual and Study Guide. Uh, In there, there is a whole chapter that talks about that. So uh, number eight. And here's here's one of those ones that's going to ruffle some feathers for you. You ready? Do I understand relapse is addiction and not recovery? Relapse is not recovery. Relapse is actually worse than relapse is actually worse than addiction because people that relapse they know they have a little bit of knowledge about recovery, right? When I was in addiction, I didn't know anything about recovery. I never chose to relapse because I did, you know, the first couple of things that I talked about, right? I made a decision. I knew God was waiting for me to make a decision. So he put me on the path and the actions that I take on the path are up to me. God's not going to do for me what my part and I can't do his part. I haven't chosen to relapse because I've been willing to go to any lengths to protect my clean and sober day. I take personal responsibility for my results. I understand what I'm powerless over, what I'm not powerless over, right? Relapse can be part of your story, but it's not part of recovery. Relapse is addiction, plain and simple. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't call it a lapse. Don't call it a slip. Call it a relapse. You made a decision to use again. It's question number eight. Do I understand relapse is addiction and not recovery? Number nine, am I willing to learn to be honest with someone else so I can be honest with myself? Man, that's that's just that's one of the most. I mean, that's one of the reasons you go through the steps and you surround yourself with a brotherhood of men, right? An account, an expect. I call them an expectation group. Hanging out with a group of men that expect more out of me 
until I'm willing to expect more out of myself? Am I willing to learn to be honest with someone else? So I can be honest with myself, because I can promise you, if you're an addict like me, you lied to yourself for years. Being truthful with another man opens the door to me being truthful with myself, because I've been lying to myself for so long, I don't know what the truth is. So nine is, am I willing to learn to be honest with someone else so I can be honest with myself? Ten. What are my expectations of myself regarding my recovery? Do you expect yourself to be successful, or do you expect yourself to fail? Again, I surround myself with people who raise their expectations of me. You just heard me talk about my relationship with Ashley. She has an expectation about me and my recovery. My three kids have an expectation about me and my recovery. The groups that I lead and the groups that I'm part of have an expectation about me and my recovery. One of the worst sayings that you'll hear at a 12-step meeting, don't have any expectations. They're premeditated resentments. Okay. Let me tell you something. You better surround yourself. One of the greatest gifts you can have is to surround yourself with people who expect great things out of you. They expect you to do what it takes to stay clean and sober. Decisions, beliefs, expectations. Number 11, do I control my emotions or am I controlled by them? There's a big one. You hear all the time, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Does my nutrition matter? Absolutely. Does the amount of sleep I I get matter? Absolutely. Does exercising matter? Absolutely. Learning to control your emotions is a big deal. Number 11, do I control my emotions or am am I controlled by them? So what does that mean? Your wife pisses you off. So you go use again. You relapse. You know, you'll hear me say all the time, you know, if you're looking looking for a reason to stay sober, you'll find one. If you're looking for an excuse to use again, just pick one. Anyone will do. Anger, sadness, all of those. Don't let your emotions control you. Number 12. This could probably be number one. Yeah, you could could flip these around anywhere and say this one is really important. Well, 12, do I view this as life or death? Do I view this as life or death? If I view this as life or death and I want to live more than I'll die, my decisions, my willingness, my beliefs, my expectations, all of those things will support the direction that I'm going. Thirteen, am I overcomplicating things? There's a guy, it's a friend of mine, been sober, I don't know, He's pushing 40 years. He's in the high 30s now, 38, I think he just celebrated. He he always says recovery is a simple program for complicated people. Don't complicate this thing. 
you'll hear you'll hear me a lot of times throw darts at the whole one day at a time thing, and I get that. But don't use today. I mean, that, that, the the whole game is is am I overcomplicating things? And it becomes down to a decision: Have I made a decision, and am I willing to go to any lengths? It's not any more complicated than that. Keep this thing simple. Again, it's a simple program for complicated people. Don't be too complicated to understand this. Don't muddy the water. Stick around long enough till this stuff makes sense. All right, 14, do I understand what my greatest level of service is? And I know it's rolling through your head right now, unless you've read my book or been on this podcast before. Greatest level of service, you're thinking, uh, chair meetings, I sponsor people. You know, I go early and, and greet people at meetings. I stay late. I, all that's great. The greatest level of service that you can provide the sick and suffering addict or alcoholic is to be someone who is no longer sick and suffering. You cannot give away what you do not have. Your greatest level of service is to be successful, an example of a man that this works for, bar none. Don't go sponsor people if you haven't worked the steps. All of them, all 12 of them, right? That 12-step says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. That means all of them, all 12. To do less lessens the awakening. Do I understand what my greatest level of service to the sick and suffering man who is an addict or an alcoholic? It's being an example of someone recovery is working for. Fifteen, do my beliefs allow my past to hold my future hostage? I'm just this addict. I'm an alcoholic. Nothing ever is good going to happen to me. Again, back to the definition of beliefs, an acceptance that something exists or is true, and I'll add whether I do or not. I'll add, like I always do, whether it is or not. Beliefs, the acceptance that something is true, and I'm going to add whether it is or not. Too many men have a faulty belief system in their addiction, and believe it or not, they'll allow a faulty belief system to keep them stuck in their recovery journey as well. When I talk about one of these others, you'll see what I mean. 16. Am I willing to forgive others as I ask to be forgiven? There's a biggie. Do that eighth and ninth step. Make a li- you, you get to a place where you make a list. Some of the stuff you've done, and, and you need to go ask for forgiveness. And, and what I help guys realize who go through our through the Power Twelve program, don't go make a list and run through it and go call everybody and say I'm sorry. <clears throat> They're sick of hearing you say I'm sorry. You've been saying I'm so- I'm sorry is a defense mechanism that addicts use and then can't believe that somebody won't forgive them after that person has heard them say, I'm sorry, hundreds of times. 
The best amends is changed behavior. You cannot hold on to a resentment and be in. Forgiveness is an all or nothing proposition. You cannot not forgive somebody else and then go ask another to be forgiven. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying you got to forget. If you've been wrong, you don't have to forget that stuff. But you better learn to forgive the person that did it if you're going to ask somebody else to forgive you. And again, forgiveness, it's an all-or-nothing proposition, and it has no levels. It has no degrees. You either, forgiveness is like love. You either live in it or you live out of it. Am I willing to forgive others as I ask to be forgiven? Number 17, can I really be addicted to positive things? Definition of addict an addiction is brain reward regardless of consequence. We become so conditioned to the fact that addicted means drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling, work. I mean, let's let's fill. I mean, I could fill in list after list, right? But one of the biggest things that helped me and hopefully this will help you, is you don't have to quit being an addict. You just have to change the things you're addicted to. I quit being addicted to the things that were going to kill me, and I, I started being addicted to the things that inspire me, the people that inspire me. I'm addicted to a relationship with a woman I love who loves me. I'm addicted to being a dad. I'm addicted to doing podcasts, like things like this, creating uh, programs and, and, and courses and, and writing books and doing the things that, that matter. I'm addicted to riding my tractor and my four wheeler and my, you know, my wave runner. I mean, I'm addicted to positive things today. Number 18, does my nutrition matter? Absolutely. It does. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a, at an AA meeting and, and listened to a guy talk about how crazy he feels, you know, after his, he doesn't realize <laughs> he's probably had four cups of coffee since he's been there, smoked four or five cigarettes before he got in there, had a, had a, a, a bag of fast food on the way over there, hadn't had a bottle of water. And, and wants to talk about why he feels so crazy. Learning to monitor caffeine, nicotine, sugar, all that stuff matters. And again, I, I'm not just a guy with an opinion. I'm a certified health coach. And let me tell you, your nutrition matters in your journey in recovery. One of the things that's available in the, the uh, 2.0 Men's Mastermind, again, you get information at www.powerlesstopowerful.com. Um, there is a health and fitness um, module in the back office where I, I load in fitness tips, nutrition tips, because 18, does my nutrition matter? The, the answer is absolutely yes. Okay, 19, do I understand there's a purpose for my recovery? Absolutely. 
find a reason for your recovery, a purpose, a reason for, a vision for, a why. Early in recovery, it'll be just the fact that you just don't want pain in your life anymore. Right? I was trying to outrun the pain. Then I knew I, you know, I, I needed to, I needed to stay sober for my kids. I needed to stay clean and sober for the relationship that I was in. I needed to stay clean and sober for all of those eight key areas, right? My personal growth, my relationships, my my finances. I mean, all that stuff matters. They, they, there is a purpose for my recovery, and then hopefully you'll stick around long enough, like I did, and you'll find a purpose for your life because of your recovery. There's a lot more to this than just staying clean and sober. Do more than just get past the pain. There's a bigger picture here, and, and, and it's pretty awesome. Number 20, do I know there are three distinct phases of recovery? Now, this is the stuff that you're not going to hear about at meetings. The three phases of recovery was something I came up with Oh, I don't know, a uh, long time ago. And, and here they are. And, and I think I scroll back through one of the most recent, if you're listening to a recorded version of this on, on one of the podcast platforms, there is a, an edition called The Three Distinct Phases of Recovery. You can hear the long version of this. Phase one, the physical abstinence phase. I call it the su- addition by subtraction phase. My life gets better when I just remove a few things from it, right? The addition by subtraction phase. I just quit using. I just quit my addiction and my life got better. Sustained physical abstinence, not intermittent, not when I feel like it. Sustained physical abstinence means that, I, that, I, that I'm done. I made a decision. I'm willing to do what it takes. Phase number two, the rebuilding phase. This is where you begin to put the light, your life back together that crumbled because of your addiction. Start understanding that it's time for you to change how you are in your relationships and with your finances and with your physical health, all that kind of stuff. That's where you start rebuilding that life. Then phase three, the discovery, creation, and life's purpose phase. It's where you quit staying clean and sober for what's behind you, chasing you. You start staying clean and sober for the life that's in front of you. Again, in 19, you heard me talk about a purpose for your recovery and a purpose for your for your life because of your recovery. That's what the, the third phase of recovery is. You know, I can go get information from anybody on the whole phase one, right? Just don't use and go to a meeting. I mean, that's easy. Phase two, you know, there's a handful of guys. There's less of them, but there's a handful of guys that can help me rebuild the life that crumbled because of my addiction. But the funnel gets awfully small when you start talking about creating a life, being on the path to purposeful living. You know, if you want some more information about that kind of stuff, about the, the, the third phase, the discovery, creation, life's purpose phase, connect with us. Again, www.powerless2powerful.com. There's a link on the, on the page. You want to sit down and, and do uh, you know, 15, 30-minute action plan session. I do those free all the time. Not just if you're struggling. Man, if you just you want another set of eyes because uh, you're really on a, on a great path, 
and, and you want to create great things. 21, do I understand how my core values impact my decisions? We have a program that's available in the, in the men's mastermind area I call Power 7. I talk about discovering your five signature strengths, honoring your core values, and uh, understanding the sequence of your personality colors. So one of my core values is my core value of family, core value of personal growth, core value of spiritual connection, service to others. When I was in my addiction, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that, that addiction was so painful for me. One of my core values is family and fatherhood. My addiction kept me from being the dad that I really wanted to be. Twenty-two, do I identify myself by a problem? Now, listen, I understand why people understand uh, <clears throat> introduce themselves and say, my name's Mark and I'm an addict or I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. I get all that. I get all that. But the majority of men never will never elevate their recovery past the point of struggling with it because they define themselves by their problems. Try on the opposite of that. Instead of saying I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic, how about I'm an addict in recovery? How about I'm grateful to be clean and sober? I left the addiction thing alone. You know, I hear a guy talk all the time. He, guy at one of the meetings I used to go, you say all the time, my name is blank and the problem is me. I mean, it's cute, right? But how disempowering is that? If you're looking to be around people that inspire and motivate you, would you want to be around a guy that says, the problem is always me? Let me think about that. I can't ever make right decisions. Well, yeah, you can. You just don't. So 22, do I identify myself by a problem? I talked a minute ago about self-image, right? Your self-image. Is is the image that you have of yourself, is it an addict or is it a recovering addict? Is it an alcoholic or is it somebody who's gotten to the other side of that and is living successfully on the positive side of addiction? 23, what does my ideal day look like? And you'll think, you'll say, what the hell has that got to do with recovery? Excuse me. Well, let me tell you, having a vision for what you want your ideal day and your ideal life to look like that does not involve drugs and alcohol is one of the best things that you could do for yourself. Take out a piece of paper and write down the question, number 23, what does my ideal day look like? And write out in detail what that day looks like. Who's there? Who are you with? What are you doing? And then ask yourself the question, after you write it out, what are you doing to live that day? It's one of the most powerful exercises you could ever do. 
Have a vision for that day, and then go out and live it. 24, am I willing to ask for help before I need it? That's a big one. You heard me mention the term expectation group a little while ago. Find a group of men that you can talk to. You know, one of the things that we do with it, with our mastermind group, you know, we have, have a list in their phone numbers. Man, have a conversation with somebody before the wheels fall off, before you run it into a ditch. Am I willing to ask for help before I need it? Find <clears throat> find a group of men you can hang out with that you share the good stuff, the stuff you struggle with, and ask for guidance. 25, where am I getting my guidance? Am I listening to the opinions or am I, am I surrounding myself with men who are living the life that I want to live, who are experts in what they do and are willing to guide me? If you're willing to ask for an opinion, if you're willing to, to put your recovery on the shoulders of somebody with an opinion, <clears throat> you know, the guy that's been around the program for 10 years and has put together nine months a couple of times, well, I've been around 10 years. Well, okay. One of the phrases I actually used to use all the time, she still does. You know, if I want to learn how to relapse, I, I'll listen to you. If I want to learn to learn how to stick around the program for 10 years and put together nine months, I'll listen to you. That's not who I want to listen to. Who are you getting your guidance from? Because there there is a concept of quantity and quality, and both of them matter. Time matters. Quality of recovery matters. I was in an NA meeting one time and heard a guy with – 15 years in recovery, been clean and sober for 15 years, threatened to beat the hell out of somebody in the meeting. That's a guy with an opinion. Do you want to follow somebody like that? You know, that's one of the reasons I put together our mastermind group. Right? I've been at this for a couple of decades. You heard me talk about it. I'm an expert in positive psychology. I'm a certified health coach. And these are the things that matter. If you want an opinion, go hang out in one of the one of the Facebook groups. Man, you throw out a question and look at the opinions you'll get from all the people who are struggling with their recovery. Now listen, I, I don't I'm not I don't want to throw rocks at everybody. Everybody is somewhere on the journey. But if you want to create great results, you need to surround yourself with men who can help you get there. Right, the, the the greatest service that somebody can, you know, I, I talked about a minute ago the greatest level of service, right? Well, that in recovery, well, the greatest level of service for for somebody with their finances, right? Are you going to listen to somebody's opinion, or you want to listen to an expert? <clears throat> you know, there there are people who study who are experts at, at recovery, not just people who have put together a little bit of time. Who who you know have been to meetings and meetings and meetings, which is great, 
would basically have taken one year of recovery and repeated it five times and just stay stuck in, in that first phase. This is about creating the life that you were put here to live. So those are the 25. And uh, if you want to get your hands on the uh, on the downloadable document of the questions, and, and I, you know, you can get, for, for just seven bucks, I mean, you can join our, our mastermind. You can get the, uh, the Powerless to Powerful Man's 30-Day Journal. It'd be an awesome experience to get these 25 questions every man should ask himself about his recovery and grab the journal and, uh, and answer these questions. Um, you know, answer a question a day for, for, for 25 days, and your life will change. You know, the, the committing, <clears throat> committing yourself to to getting better in a specific specific period of time, creating results. I mean, that's what this thing's all about. So that is the end of the Powerless to Powerful Live. I'm going to turn this recording off. We're going to talk to some of the men in the group, get their comments and questions. Again, this is 25 questions every man should ask himself about his recovery on the Number one positive side of addiction podcast for men. This is Powerless to Powerful. Men, stick around. We'll see you in the uh, in the meeting room. And for those of you who are listening on one of the podcast networks, go to www.powerlesstopowerful.com and get more information about what we're doing. Come join a group. It's seven bucks. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. So uh, that is it. Have a great day. You absolutely deserve it. Deserve it. Bye for now.